Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. If you would take a moment and open your Bibles to Romans chapter 7, that's where we'll begin. As we continue this series, Knowing the Holy Spirit, I trust that you've been blessed as I've been blessed to be able to dig in a little bit deeper and to discover the truths of the Holy Spirit and really what the Holy Spirit has to offer us and why he's still so important for the believer today. Now, I don't know what your life is like, but I know we all have very similar struggles. Maybe yours looks a little something like sitting at the computer and you know you shouldn't click to open that email, but you do it over and over and over again anyway. Maybe your phone rings and you know you shouldn't answer the phone, you know you shouldn't take that call, but you do it anyway, over and over and over again. Maybe you're pushing the shopping cart down the shopping aisles and you just know that you know that you know that you shouldn't reach for that drink, but you do it over and over and over again anyway. Maybe you're sitting at the dinner table and you know in your head that it's not right for you to get up and to get more food, but you do it over and over and over again anyway. See, within every believer, there's this tension that is raging. Every believer. It doesn't matter how spiritually mature you are. It doesn't matter how young you are in the faith. There's tension within every single believer. You have it, and I have it, and even those who wrote the scriptures had this tension within their spirit, waging this war all of the time. Now, this is how the apostle Paul said it to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. This war that I'm fighting, this war that uh, is being waged, it's not in the flesh. I can't necessarily see what's happening. See, every believer, we're battling, we're at war with darkness, And it's difficult sometimes because it's not an enemy that we can see. If I could see the enemy, I could get my hands up and I could deflect some of those blows, right? I could pick up my shield and I could deflect those fiery darts. If I could always see the enemy that's attacking me, but I can't always see it and neither can you, can you? But the battle is still happening in the unseen. In the spiritual realm, there is an enemy who hates your guts. Every time he sees you, he's enraged because he sees the image of God that you were created in. He sees the love that God poured out when he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that he could have a relationship with you, and he hates you for it. This battle that we're waging, it's against darkness. The word wrestle there in that text, it literally means a struggle. It's like a tug of war that is happening over and over and over again. How many of you feel that struggle this morning? Do you feel it? It's like it's always brewing there underneath the surface. 
Like there's always something kind of gnawing at your spirit that you just can't put your finger on. See, we're at war with this darkness, with this unseen force, with the, the enemy and his flocks and legions of demons that want to destroy you. But we're also at war with our own flesh. It's not that we have an opponent standing across the ring from us. It's that the opponent is staring back at us in the mirror. We're at war with the flesh. How many of you feel that this morning? See, in Romans chapter 7, this is how Paul felt. And this should be somewhat of an encouragement to us because this is the spiritual giant, the apostle Paul, who's saying, I struggle. Did you hear that, Christian? The apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome saying, I struggle and it's difficult. Listen to what he says beginning in verse 14. He says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, I'm sold under sin. For what I'm doing, I don't understand. For what I will to do, what I want to do, that I don't practice. But what I hate, that's what I do. Any of you relate to that? I know what I want to do. I know what I should be saying. I know what I should be watching. But those things I just can't seem to do. It's all of the things that I despise. All of those character traits within me that I hate. That's always what seems to manifest itself. That's always seems to be what governs my decisions. And I hate it, Paul said. I hate being this person. I hate being in the flesh. Verse 16. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For the desire to do good is present with me, but how to perform it, that I don't find. Now listen to this. For the good that I will or that I wish to do, I do not do. But the evil that I wish not to do, that is what I practice. Again, can you relate? That flesh that's staring back at you in the mirror saying, man, here I am to do battle again. This flesh that you're always at war with, the spirit raging war against the flesh, the spirit against the flesh, this tug of war, this eternal struggle going on within you that's happening over and over and over again. How can we be delivered from such a struggle? Paul is going to give us the solution. Verse 20 says, now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. I find in a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Like this evil is within me. I want to do right. I want to do what is good, but this evil is inside of me. Verse 22, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law at work in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. That word captivity, it means a prisoner of war. He's saying over and over again, I find this law of sin bringing me into captivity, taking me as a spoil of war, that I have, I have to surrender to it over and over and over again, that it robs me, that it steals from me, that it destroys my life over and over and over and over again. It takes me captive. I'm its prisoner I don't want to be in this place. I'm bound by shackles. I'm bound by chains. I am a slave to this sin. Can you relate to that? Paul says, this isn't where I want to be. Verse 24, he finally cries out, O wretched man that I am. 
Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. How are you going to be delivered from this struggle, from this internal tug of war going on within your heart? The only way is through Christ Jesus. And so we're going to look at this morning. There's this distinction that is made between works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. And so if you really want to see, if you want to gauge where you're at spiritually, if you want to gauge where you're at with the Lord, you have to make this distinction, the distinction between works and between flesh. You have to make sure, are you walking in the flesh or are you walking in the spirit? You're going to be able to tell very clearly where you're at with the Lord by taking an inventory of what kind of things you're producing. Are you producing works or are you producing fruit? That's going to tell the difference. Now turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 so that we can see this more clearly. Give you just a moment to get there. Galatians chapter 5 beginning in verse 16. Again, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Galatia. He says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He gives that little term there. This is a solution. And we're going to see this more clearly in just a little while. But he gives this little insight. This is how you can conquer that internal struggle, that internal tug of war that's going on. He says in verse 17, for the flesh Lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. The flesh against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. This battle is raging. That's why you can't do what you wish you could do. That's why. It's contrary. These are contrary to one another. The word means in conflict. It means in opposition to one another. Now, Paul is going to go on here, and he's going to show us very clearly what the works of the flesh look like and what the fruits of the Spirit look like. Look at verse 18. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, here's your next point. Living in the flesh is going to be evident. You're going to be able to tell when you're living according to the flesh. Verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. The word means exposed. It means obvious. When you're living according to the flesh, it's going to be obvious. Not only are you going to know, everyone around you is going to know that you're living according to the flesh. Because these traits will follow those who live according to the flesh. Read this list with me. And as we read this list, I just want you to make a mental note, maybe of the areas that you feel like you're struggling with the most this morning. Because here's the thing, it doesn't matter how big of a struggle, how big of a tug of war you're in this morning, when you leave, you don't have to leave with that struggle. God can deliver you from that. And he wants to deliver you from that. So look at this, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness. Now, those form together sensual sins. These are sensual sins. The word adultery is, is a very similar word to the word fornication there. Adultery just means that, that one of the parties happens to be married that are involved in this sexual immorality. Now, that word fornication is the word pornea in the Greek. That's where we get our word pornography from. It's any illicit sexual sin. Any illicit sexual sin. God says, I don't want it. He says this. Paul says, if you're involved in any kind of sexual sin, you're walking according to the flesh. And it's evident. Did you hear that? 
any kind of sexual sin, what you're watching, what you're maybe reading, the articles that you're reading online, it doesn't even have to be outwardly graphic. It doesn't even have to be pictures. If it's eliciting thoughts in your mind, then it's sinful. Are you following me? That's what the word uncleanness means. It's not necessarily an outward uncleanness. It's an uncleanness of the thoughts and of the heart that Paul is warning against. He said these are evidence, these are proof that you're living according to the flesh. If you're involved in any kind of sexual sin, if your thought life is impure, if the people that you're speaking with or hanging out with or fellowshipping with are causing you to stumble and to fall in your thought life, then that's according to the flesh. You're walking according to the flesh. Now, it says here, that this word uncleanness, that this word is, word is a word used of a wound that the pus hasn't been cleaned out of yet. It's used of a tree that hasn't been properly pruned. Now, think about this just for a moment. When we sin in this way, when we're involved in this kind of sin, this is what it looks like to God. It's an open, festering wound that hasn't been cleaned. Is that what you want to look like to God? It's a tree that is overgrown and branches are dead. It hasn't been pruned. Is that what you want to look like to God? Is that the best that you have to offer to God this morning? Because I bet it isn't. And here's the thing, my friends. You don't have to be a man to be struggling with this this morning. There are a lot of ladies here that are struggling with impurity in these sensual sins. And God wants to deliver you from all of that today. Listen, we cannot be used powerfully by the Lord the way God wants to use the church when we're involved in these kinds of sins. Does God want to put on display an open, festering wound? Does God want to put on display an untrimmed, unpruned tree? No. And so if, if you're involved in these kinds of sins, God can't use you to the degree that he wants to use you. But here's the hope that you have this morning, is it just takes confessing that to God, to laying your heart open and bare before the Lord, and God will deliver you from that, and he will use you powerfully if you'll come to him in humble repentance and say, God, I'm sorry. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. This is probably the, the strongest of these words in these categorized sensual sins. The word means to be unashamed about your sin. That you're putting your sin on open display for everyone to see. You're not even trying to hide your sin anymore. And that's a very dangerous place to be. How hard does the heart have to be to put your sin on open display for all to see. Paul says these people that are involved in these sensual sins, they're walking according to the flesh. They're living according to the flesh. They're not walking in the spirit. But he doesn't end there. That's not the end of his list. He goes into a couple that are religious sins. Look at these. He says there in the next verse, he says in verse 20, that idolatry and sorcery are included there. These religious sins. To have an idol in your life means that you're worshiping something other than God. That there is something on the throne of your heart where God should be and you're giving more attention and more praise and more glory to that than you are to God. 
And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be a little shrine with some candles in your hallway that you're bowing before in order for it to be an idol. Parents, a lot of you have made your children an idol. And let's be honest. Your life revolves around your children and your children's activities and your children's schooling and what's happening in the lives of your children. And what you're telling them is that you're worshiping them before you're worshiping God. Do you want them to grow up and to feel like the world revolves around them? Or do you want them to know that God and God alone is worthy of our worship? Maybe it's your job. Are you spending so much time consumed with trying to figure out how to make the bottom line better? How to improve production? How to improve maybe the interrelational relationships at your facility? Are you spending more time? Are you awake at night thinking about work rather than thinking about God, rather than coming to God in prayer? That's an idol. Maybe you're your own idol. Maybe life is all about you and what you can get out of life. God will not tolerate the worship of idols in your life. Put him first. The scripture says in Matthew 6, 33, that, that if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will be added unto you. Seek God first. Put him first. May he be on the throne of all of our hearts. May he be the one that we worship and may he alone be the one that we worship. Idolatry, but there's also this word sorcery here. In the Greek, it's pharmakia. It's the use of potions or poisons in the worship of some sort of being. It's, it's literally witchcraft. And that's what we do when we abuse even prescribed medications. When we're abusing drugs, when we're all of these things that, that we bring into our lives, we're worshiping through witchcraft. It's sorcery. And God says that's evidence that you're living according to the flesh. That's the byproduct of the flesh. There's also these interpersonal sins that he brings up next. Look, the list goes on. He says they're idolatry, sorcery, but there's hatred. The word hatred means that you allow a contention to get to the point of bitterness. And pause there just for a moment. Is there anyone in the room this morning that is consumed by bitterness? You can't get over the fact that someone wronged you. You can't get over the fact that someone did you wrong, that someone stabbed you in the back, that someone lied to you, that someone didn't follow through with their promise, and it's caused you to be bitter in your spirit. My friend, that's a distraction from God. That is a sin according to this list. It's proof that you're walking according to the flesh, and God wants to deliver you from that this morning. He doesn't want that bitterness to rule your heart. So there's this hatred that he includes here. There's contentions. The word contentions, it means competition or rivalry. That you have an overly competitive spirit. This happens even amongst churches. How horrible is that, right? We're one body, aren't we? If people are getting saved across town at another church, I say praise the Lord, glory, hallelujah. May the kingdom of heaven be filled. I pray that, that when someone says that sinner's prayer at one of the other churches, that the kingdom is being multiplied and we're one step closer to the rapture of the church where we can spend eternity in the, in the glory of the Father in heaven. 
We're all one church. These contentions, this rivalry, this competition, competitive spirit shouldn't exist within the church. This is what Paul's saying. Contentions. The next word is jealousies. The word means resentment when somebody else has something that you feel you deserve. You feel you deserve what they have. You feel like you deserve that recognition. You feel like you deserve that promotion. You deserve that raise. Why did they get it? And you're jealous for that. I deserve that new car. I deserve that new home. I deserved to be able to find the man or the woman of my dreams that I've been waiting for. And on and on and on the list goes. Paul says you're walking according to the flesh if that's what's ruling your thoughts. He says they're outbursts of wrath. Literally, that means a temper. How many of you in here this morning struggle with having a temper? You burst out in wrath. And you don't know where the words are coming from. According to Paul, that's evidence that you're not walking in the spirit. That you're living according to the flesh. To selfish ambitions. What that literally means is you use other people to get what you want. It doesn't matter that that person is an individual. It doesn't matter that that person has a family or people who love them. They're just another stepping stone on your way to your goal. And you're willing to use them to get what you want. It's a sad state of affairs to be in, isn't it? Dissensions. What are dissensions? It's, it's someone who has an argumentative, disagreeable spirit. Do you, any of you know someone who has an argumentative spirit that you could walk out and you could say the sky is blue today and they're going to argue that with you yep. just to argue, right? Yep. According to the scripture, that's evidence that you're walking in the flesh. Heresies, the word means divisions. And when I read this, it means divisions or factions. It means cliques. I thought about the church again, and I thought, I wonder if we have taken this too far, these denominations that we have in the modern church too far, right? And we don't view it as one body anymore. It's not like we're one body and that the head is Christ and that we're all working towards the same goal. It's like, well, those are the Pentecostals. Well, those are the Baptists. Well, those are the Episcopals. Well, those are the Presbyterians, and we keep ourselves separate. We don't sit at the same table and break the same bread. Why? Paul said, according to the scripture, that is a work of the flesh. When you have these divisions that shouldn't be there. Now, it goes on and it says that, that there's envy. Now, this word envy, this is probably the worst of all of these interpersonal. Well, murder is worse than that, I guess. We're going to see that next. But envy, what the word envy means, where jealousy is you're resenting what someone else has because you want it. Envy is when somebody else is blessed or finds favor, and you don't want what they have. You just don't want that person to have it. Do you understand? Have you ever seen this happen with your children, right? And they're arguing over a toy, or they're arguing over, like, the last applesauce or something, right? And your daughter hates applesauce, but she just doesn't want your son to get the applesauce. That's envy. You don't even care about what is being rewarded. You just don't want the other person to find favor. That's envy. That's a scary place to be, isn't it? And then murders. The eventual result of allowing these things to fester in your heart is the kind of hatred that leads your mind into that place. Jesus said, you've heard it said if you commit murder, right? Jesus said, no, no, it's not just if you commit murder, but if you say in your heart or if you speak out danger or raka against your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. Where's your heart at? 
Where's your heart at in these things? So there's these interpersonal sins, but then finally there's these social sins. The word drunkenness there, it means an excessive use of strong drink. It means being under the influence of alcohol rather than being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And if the alcohol is controlling your thoughts, controlling your actions, controlling your lifestyle, then you are walking according to the flesh. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.